He's Jimmer. He's Christian. This is a very special edition of Two Peas and a Bag of Chips. Two Peas and a Bag of Chips? PTs. Did I say two peas? You said peas. Two PTs and a Bag of Chips. We've got our uh, good friend Peter Jennings on with us today. Peter is a cheater. We are going to be talking about Achilles Repair. This is unfortunately what brought Peter to us in the first place. Was that the first time you came was for your Achilles? That was the first time I came. That was the first time he came. Huh. I thought it was your back. And then uh, we're going to review the, uh, well, we're going to have a final four of vinegar-flavored potato chips today. That have already been dipped into. What? <laughs> so we're going to be reviewing the Dutch Crunch, the uh, Boulder King, and the Cape Cod in the Zaps salt and vinegar potato chips. They're all salt and vinegar. Well, the boulders is sweet vinegar, but we're, we're including it. I see. Yeah, man. So, Achilles repair. That sucks. It sucks. <laughs> it does. It's uh, It comes in at about a uh, uh, five-to-one ratio male to female. So males are substantially more likely to have this happen to them. About 80% of all ruptures are related to sports, and particularly ball sports. How, wow. did you, how did you hurt your Achilles, Peter? Playing basketball. That's Shooting a, a three and stepping back. Did you Real athletic. Oh, yeah. Made the three. I thought it would. No, I didn't make the three. Oh, you didn't make the three. Big brick, and I thought an explosion happened behind me. That's a, that's a classic, that's a classic comment classic. from people saying that yeah. they heard a loud bang or looked to see if there was a gunshot that went off. It's, it's apparently very impressive. Yeah. I've, I've never been close to one, so... Is it is it pretty loud? It was really loud to me. I re- legitimately thought a gun when I was in the Pepsi Center, and I uh, there's no fans, no nothing. Obviously, it was a fantasy basketball camp, nice. and I was trying to be like Steph Curry, and I got the full NBA experience. Ruptured Achilles. I thought a bomb went off. Is is that the full NBA experience? I mean, for some players, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Or the NFL experience. I, I th- also, didn't, for some players, didn't didn't Sanders Terrace? Sanders Demarius? They just both re or Demarius just retoured and Sanders tore for the first time. Apparently, yeah. he's ahead of schedule in his rehab. Yeah, they always say that. It sounds. Good. I've heard actually that uh, the repairs are getting better. The last re- couple of years, the repairs are getting better. It's not as much the repairs as you're well aware of as it is the rehab. You can have a fantastic repair and have shitty rehab, and you'll never have a functional Achilles. Yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting takes on the, the surgery isn't standardized at the moment. So ACL surgery, which is a kind of comparable surgery, is, is standardized. They've Really, the only thing that changes is the graft type. The surgery itself is going to go through basically the same movements. Uh, the Achilles, they're still kind of doing a bunch of different stuff. Because it, you know, it's hard to graft. It's hard to graft, yeah. That's... Uh, Let's tell, talk a little more about why it's so hard to graft. A lot of tension. Yes. So what happens is, is because you can still stand and you can still weight bear and you can still kind of limp, your calf muscle gets neurological stimulation to the muscle, and so it still continues to contract. So it pulls further and further away. Yeah, the amount of retraction is very important in successful or functional rehab and reconstruction. Yeah, that's why surgery is done typically very early on. The first few days is ideal. I mean, how soon did you have your surgery, Peter? Three or four days. Three or four days. Yeah. So it it varies considerably uh, from other surgeries. 
ACL, they're going to wait until your inflammation goes down, which is again sort of comparable. Um, but with an Achilles, they're they're going to do surgery pretty much as soon as possible. Uh, the less it retracts, the easier that surgery is. There are a few exceptions to that. I was just talking to a friend of mine in Arizona, and he's seeing an 83-year-old with Achilles rupture, and they're not going to repair that. Just doesn't that make, make sense. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. If it's functional, and yeah. in the worst case scenario, you could probably put an AFO on it and have yes. an emulate stable. So AFO is a ankle foot orthosis, which holds your foot in 90 degrees, so that you can walk without dragging your toes. So they're going to put him in a, in a walking boot for a while and just see how it goes. See if it tightens up a little bit. Yeah. But uh, the recovery is long. Yeah. Very uh, long. Yeah. I mean, how close would you say you are these days, Peter, to being 100%? I'd say I'm 93%. 93%. Which is a pretty, pretty good number. That's a great number, 93. I think that's the peak of where I will be. So we are, well, we are, you are two and a half years out, mm-hmm. give or take. Full sport participation, any limitations that you've noticed? Nope. I mean, skiing, basketball, racquetball, golf. All of the above. Working out like a, like a fiend. Try it. What makes you say that you're 93? What are, what are you lacking still? I can't quite get on my tippy toe. Okay. So lacking some strength or mobility? Just a little bit of mobility, but I feel no pain. I feel good overall. Okay. I think the rehab was pretty good. Pretty good rehab. Yeah. Mostly so it, Kathy. It, it's, all, it's all the participant. <laughs> yep. That was a while back. It's all in the rehabber. I mean, running, jumping, agility, any issues with that stuff at all? No, no issues at all. No, and the big good. thing was I got married three and a half months after, and that's the big one is being able to walk. That was the good photos. It's close. It's close. <laughs> <laughs> Were you able to dance? Uh, I can't dance already, so it was a great excuse. <laughs> so you did not dance I, at all? I did one song. Okay. That's, which, which song was it? I hope my wife doesn't listen because I don't remember. <laughs> oh, this is definitely getting passed on. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. So Peter is on the, the younger end of injuries. You were 29, 20, 28 at the time? Yeah, 20, 28, 29. 28, 29. So more often than not, you see it as slightly slightly older, early, early to mid-30s in males. Uh, women, it tends to be uh, much older. So 80-plus is the average age, well, the mean age for a woman to have a Achilles rupture. Why, why do men that. rupture their Achilles more than women? So the uh, what we're seeing is, is that the sedentary lifestyle combined with recreational sport, particularly sports where there's a lot of uh, plyometric contractions and eccentric loading, so basketball and soccer and flag football, uh, leads to the most common predisposing factors to an Achilles rupture. So, would you say that? Men tend to be generally more hypertone. Yeah, so there's definitely uh, also degenerative changes that happen with aging. So they talk about some decreased blood flow as well as potentially some stiffness of the tendon. I don't know how you measure that exactly, but that's looking kind of post-injury for signs and symptoms that potentially lead to it. They don't have a defining set of symptoms at the moment. Uh, There's also the pathophysiological theory. This is a fun one. This is where they talk about failure of the inhibitory mechanism of musculotendinous units. Sounds fantastic. So I don't know how you assess that one either, but that's out there. Research. That, that, that's the kind of stuff that you can only assess post-tear. Yeah. You can't predict. 
I think it would be very – I don't know what test he would do to predict that. So did Demarius Thomas re-tear his original tear, or did he tear the other one? I don't know. I remember watching the play. He was just, like, tried to come back to make a block, and he went down right away, and then he knew it right away, and he was crying because he's obviously done it before. And Which which that, that makes it that much worse, right? Cause yeah. Because you, you know exactly what he's He was so frustrated. Did. Yeah, that's – because Demarius is 30 these, 31, these days. 31, maybe. 31. There's – that's tough to come back from. It's tough. But what I was leading at is that there, it's, it's kind of like frozen shoulder. When you have a frozen shoulder on the right side, there's a significantly increased likelihood of you developing a frozen shoulder on the left. We see that with some of these Achilles tendon tears, too. And without trying to scare you, Peter. Well, you're scaring me already. <laughs> there, there is some incidence that shows that once you tear the right Achilles tendon, you are more prone to tearing the left one as well. I tore the um, left one, so I'm hoping I'm less oh, that, likely yeah, no, to skin now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's only with the right. No, yeah. there's um, actually a good friend of mine that I treated, tore both of his, about a year and a half apart. And there seems to be a propensity for that, uh, especially in male athletes. Don't freak out, Peter. I'm freaking out. Peter, what, Peter what's your blood type? Another thing I don't know. Another thing you don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you know what your blood type is? No. No, see. But I don't know. I mean, Peter's got... Well, more brains than me, so definitely not. Yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with your blood type. No, you're probably right. There was an article that said that O blood type is well, one article that said O blood type is more linked to Achilles ruptures, and then another article that said that's total nonsense. So I was just curious. I would. I'm, I'm thinking total nonsense. Yes, I would. I would go yeah, with nonsense. Big time total nonsense. That's the old comparing apples and oranges thing. But I, I don't know, it's just. It's, it's like saying if you're right hand dominant, you're more likely to tear your Achilles because there's more right handed people. Right. Wouldn't you be more left likely? No. No? <laughs> it doesn't matter? Not really. I don't think it does. No. I mean, in the last couple of years, I can't remember seeing anybody here for an Achilles rupture that we've treated again. No, other than my friend Dave, who uh, who did both. But What percentage of your guys' clients are Achilles ruptures? Not a lot. No, it's, it's it's not it's not nearly as as high as Achilles or uh, ACLs or ACLs much higher. I mean the the amount of Achilles injuries is going up. Achilles ruptures is going up. It's it's somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, six to twelve per hundred thousand at this point. So and they I mean it's going up specifically in that kind of male sedentary lifestyle with sport participation demographic. And so what we're seeing is basically more people are staying more active later on in life, and that's leading to the higher rate of Achilles injuries. Yeah, I don't know. But we, we don't, it's not an injury that we see very often. I, I think it's something that happens more in, in um, professional athletes maybe than... Yeah, I think I was telling you, Peter, about this. They, uh, after the lockout season in the NFL, the volume of Achilles ruptures was twice as high as normal. Mm-hmm. And then after that season, it, it returned back to its pre-lockout level. So they think there's a fair amount of reduced activity that relates to then return to high activity, and, and that has a, a potential to be. Does Bryant makes that suits that right? Uh, pre, predis, pre, predisposing kind of sequence of events. So I think your highest potential for injuring is doing nothing and then doing something highly energetic. Whereas if you're kind of energetic all the time or if you have a job where 
you know, you're walking around often, you're much less likely than if you sit all day or sit more often than most. Can you explain why you see this a lot, or I think relatively more so in basketball players, you know, being very active, sitting mm-hmm. on the bench for a bit, coming back in. Yeah. Really no warm-up before they step back on the court. Yeah, and that's why we see it a lot in, uh, like, after halftime. It's, yeah. more, it's much more common. 45 minutes, they say. Yeah. 45 minutes, yeah. So you warm up, you go through everything, you play well, you sit for a little while, you come back in, come you make that in, first right. hard cut or change of direction or jump, and away it goes, unfortunately. Did, did you have any history of Achilles pain, Achilles tightness, zero, calf tightness? Zero Achilles no. pain or calf tightness. I no was tendonitis, no nothing. Injury-free until this one, really. And that's, I think, more often than not the case. Not a lot of predisposing factors listed anywhere or, or taught anywhere that I've come now across was, at any point. I was time. thinking about that because you see, I mean, we see probably more people with Achilles tendonitis or heel pain mm-hmm. than we see Achilles tendon tears. And I don't, I don't think there's necessarily a correlation more. between yeah. having had Achilles tendonitis and then having a subsequent tear. Another thing you don't see is... Like in youth, you'll see uh, Seaver's disease, which is like Oshkid slaughters, but of the heel area. That doesn't correlate at all with Achilles injuries or, or tendonitis or anything else later on in life. Um, so, yeah, there's not a ton out there preventatively other than warm-up. They have associated a poor warm-up with, uh, with some ruptures. And they also talk about overstretching pre-activity as being a really big issue. So when you see uh, that basketball player getting stretched out by the trainer five minutes before the game, that's probably not the best activity for them to be doing. Kind of goes back to the whole passive versus dynamic stretching as yep. part of your warm-up. Yep. So warming up does not include passive stretching or should not include passive stretching. Yeah. And so, uh, and warming up and proper warming up for any sport regardless is, is always a good idea. Listen to our stretching podcast. Yeah. I listen to that. It's great. <laughs> Something to be said for that. Yep. Well, I don't have anything else really to talk about with with Achilles other than... Um, Are we talking about Peter? Yeah, let's talk about Peter. Peter's a podcast... He's like our podcast hero. Yeah, he's kind of our go-to podcast information guy. He's a podcast beast. Professional. How many podcasts are you involved in? Uh, three or four now. Uh, I've done some some ones throughout the past, but it's definitely a, a form of media that has exploded, and I still think there's a lot of growth. I think it's smart what you guys are doing, and I think people can consume more and more niche content or niche content. I don't know which one do you guys prefer. But I like both. Yeah. I like both niche and niche. Yeah. I think it's just pronunciation. Or enunciation. One makes mm-hmm. you sound a little more pompous than the other. Let's go with with the pompous one. Yeah. Niche. Niche. Yeah, it totally sounds. Yep. To each his own. Yeah. Peter is very active on the social medias. He's a, he's a podcast and social media fiend. Just Twitter. That's a good one. Just Twitter. Sorry. I'm missing out. I mean, Instagram is where it's at, and I'm not on Instagram. Not? The young kids are on Snapchat. <laughs> Snapface. It's one of my favorites. That's a solid good one. Yeah. Absolutely. If you were on Snapchat, I'd probably get on there just to watch your videos. Yeah, not happening. That'd be great. Not happening. I'm on the Instagram, though. That's impressive. He's gramming. Always gramming. But, uh, yeah. It becomes a full-time gig, don't you think? I mean, if you you have several accounts and you want to keep track of the Twitter and the Instagram and... It's It's a a full-time gig. I saw a really good poll, actually, on Twitter. 
What would you rather have, 100,000 Instagram followers or a college degree? And <laughs> which one do you think won? Yeah, 100,000 Instagram followers, yeah. yeah. Which one do you think is more valuable? The Obviously, it depends. 100,000 Instagram Nowadays, followers yeah, right now, absolutely. Yeah. And college, well, it depends on what type of college degree, obviously. Right. But I think there's a lot of college degrees out there that are worthless. If you took the mean value of all the college degrees together, I would take the 100,000 Instagram followers for sure. Yes. I would. Unfortunately, I think we would all agree yeah. on that. Yeah, we, it, we, we've is, got just about a hundred thousand Instagram followers to go. Yes, yes, <laughs> we're probably uh, roughly at twenty. No, we. I mean, like, we have a hundred. I think we're around two hundred. Okay. Oh, ish. The wow. trend though is going like this. I mean, yeah. for well, podcasts, it's they, straight up. There's going. no way for the trend to go any other direction but up. No, my our Twitter one. Every other day, it tells us, congratulations, you've gotten 50 followers because we gain a follower and lose a follower and gain a follower <laughs> and lose a follower. Got to change that. I'll take it. Yeah, maybe you can give us some inside information on how to boost the Twitter. Bots. Bots. <laughs> <laughs> Get some bots that's, going. That's where it's at. Yeah. Need more bots. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with your podcasts? Talk about sports. Sports speculation, mostly. Sports uh, speculation. Yeah. Growing industry. That is a very much a growing industry. We may explain why you may have more Twitterer followers than... Yeah, if you guys want to give out winning sports bets, that is a surefire <laughs> way. Although most people who tweet, tweet about their sports bets are probably losing. Yes. <laughs> I would think so. There'd be a lot more winners. If that or they're talking about their trip to Chipotle. Yeah, that one went viral. That was... That one <laughs> You want to get people triggered? That that one went viral. Still getting responses to that one. It was one of the most outrageous things I've ever seen. The guy was more rude than anyone I've ever seen at Chipotle. Uh, I don't go to Chipotle often anymore, but I used to go quite a bit. So I've seen, you know, a lot of people sometimes they don't give enough meat. And like, mm-hmm. there's that, you know, can I get a little more meat? Can I get a little more cheese? Yeah. This guy asked for more rice, more beans. More fajitas. More His bowl was overflowing with ingredients. What they should have done is just given him another bowl, right? Sir, would you like two bowls for all your rice and your meat and your... And then he acted so irritated. He was rude to every... You know, it's down the line. And then there's like manager cards at the front of the... You know, it's a Chipotle right by here. And he grabs a card and storms off. I should have said something. Brilliant. My wife would have said something for sure. Would you call this guy a real marshal? Yeah. He was not quite as bad as marshal, but... He was pretty bad. Pretty bad. There you go. There's one in each crowd. Last week we forgot to ask our, our trivia question. Oh, we did? Yeah. Well, yeah, we did. We forgot to ask it. It was supposed to be, what is the highest grossing movie of the 80s? I know we talked about it. We do- We just forgot to ask it. <laughs> well, do you want to just give the answer? Yeah, the answer out? is E.T., the extraterrestrial. Woo! I guess nobody had a good guess. I also found out there's, it's pretty obvious why Steven Spielberg is like a multi-time billionaire because like six of the top ten movies are Steven Spielberg. Are Steven Spielberg yeah. movies. It's pretty amazing. He is pretty good. And then Star Wars. Steven Spielberg and Star Wars, and that's pretty much it. So you got Lucas and Spielberg, and the rest are just playing second fiddle. Yeah. It was pretty impressive. But our question this week, inspired by the NCAA tournament, who won the first NCAA tournament? If you know this, save the answer for after we're done. I can see it in front of me. So. Oh, okay. Are you surprised by the answer? I'm surprised. Yeah. How long has it been around? Uh, I think it was 1920-something when oh, it first wow. came they out. They had basketball back then? Yeah, back then the NIT tournament was much more the important tournament, though. 
They, we're all uh, reverse though. Yeah. So something happened to the NIT, some sort of scandal of some sort. I, I don't know. And then the NCAA tournament became important. And we all know there's no NCAA scandals. None. None. Never. None. None Most upstanding organization out there. It's a brilliant the organization. World. Selfless organization we, as well. We, they're there we for the to, students. We have to yeah. tread lightly because one of our 100,000 Twitter followers may listen in on our podcast. And we'll get sued by the NCAA. Are the NCAA bots? Are there bots? They got, there's got to be bots, yeah. There's the bots. NCAA, an outstanding organization that is extremely beneficial to uh, my student athlete. And I definitely think that I've gotten my 75 bucks mandatory <laughs> registration fee. That's a good way to pick deal. up some followers if you guys want to start tweeting about the NCAA. So, yeah. It might be a popular topic. I, I know it's going to be a popular topic. And Should we do life insurance for NCAA athletes? Yes. Business. Health insurance. Or, or we, can, we can go straight into should we pay college athletes. Ooh, that's a – yeah. Is that what we – can, we can touch. That's our scope. We can right. probably we can talk, talk about, about that. Yeah. We've talked about it for years now, so yeah. we're almost experts. But, I mean, we just we should get Jeff on for that one. We will get Jeff on for that, that one. That was a doozy. That, that was, was good. good. That was last was that last Friday? Thursday. Thursday. That was good. Alrighty. So now we are on to chip time. We are doing our salute to the final four. So are we, are we competing against each other and then doing another finals? Or yeah, are we just sounds like a great all idea. We'll do the we'll do the East versus West regionals here. All right. So we've got uh well I guess it's North West versus versus Southeast. Yeah. Sure. We're pretty well represented across yeah, the map yeah. here. I gotta so we'll give do, us credit. We'll start with Cape Cod versus Zaps. All right. So that'll right. be the Peter's been waiting for like Southeast a region. half hour now to, to smack down on these chips. So so they both came I'm in at forty percent chips to air ratio. We're starting already. We're okay. We're starting it. We're starting. Would we we chip Cape Cod? Where we go with Cape Cod? Cape Cod. We can get another one. It's a solid crunch chip. Solid crunch. Very vinegary. Yep. Not too vinegary, but very vinegary. More vinegar than salt. Vinegar. I like the fact that they're all small and doubled up. Those are my favorites. They're small compared to the zaps. Extra crunch in there. It's definitely a different size than that. So now we'll try to zaps, I guess. Going right to zap. Should we like rinse our palate or? That seems too nah. professional. No. No. These are some big chips. This is a lot larger. Yeah. I'm not getting a lot of flavor. Not nearly the vinegar flavor on that one. No. Chip consistency very consi- very similar. They're very. They're much bigger. Much bigger chips. Yeah, not a. No. Hmm. Definitely a much more subtle vinegar. If we would have done this in the reverse order, it would be interesting. Mm-hmm. We can go back if we want. We can go to overtime. I'm voting for Cape Cod. We're going Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's Cape Cod too, but let's double check. What do you think, Peter? Cape Cod's more intense. Yeah. All right. But it's about is that what the one you like more? Do you like Cape yeah, Cod? I think so. So yeah. we'll go to the west now. Going west. We got Dutch Crunch. Dutch Crunch versus Boulder. Let's start. I feel like this is a much stronger. Start with Dutch Crunch. It's a stronger matchup here. Mm -hmm. All right. These are perennial powerhouses. Dutch Crunch has made an appearance. Are these the Canadian ones? Well, yeah. Definitely more vinegary even than the Zaps. Sweeter than the Cape Cod. The Dutch Crunch. Yeah. Good good solid chip consistency as well. Mm -hmm. Across the board, we've got some good chips today. This is a good chip. They're all kettle-style chips. I should mention that. That always helps. You think? I think so. I'm liking this one a lot. I think a kettle style chip does well. All right, I'm going Boulder Canyon here. You are? 
It looks bouldery, doesn't it? it? Looks like it's got the potato peel on there still, and which is all fake. Yeah. That's a really good chip. That's though. a really good chip. It's definitely different. It's, I mean, it's a lot sweeter vinegar. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's yeah, called. Yeah. Um, so I'd say it's sweet vinegar after all. I think it's better than the other uh, three. Yeah. And it's an olive oil, so it's, it's healthy for oh, you. Oh, yeah, there we go. Extremely we, healthy. We need those solid yes. olive oil fats. And it's gluten-free, which always cracks me up, the gluten-free potato chip. Every chip is gluten-free. Shh. Unless you unglutenize it with Don't let seasonings. the cat out of the bag. There's no cats. There's no bags. All um, right. Okay, so I think so we're going Boulder versus <coughs> Cape Cod here, huh? I think so, yeah. All so right. let's load up again. All right, we're loading up. I'm going to empty this, Blake, because it'd be... Uh, All right, so we got Cape Cod in the light blue bag. I guess it doesn't matter if I... Um, nice and noisy. We're going Boulder. It's a good looking. I have eaten the entire bag of Boulder sweet vinegar chips before in one session. Is that healthy? Yeah. I mean, health is... is Secondary to, to life joy. I mean, is it worth going through life? I'd say my wellness was high. While you guys talk, I'm going to go back to the uh, Cape Cod. All right, so we're going Cape Cod here. Cape Cod versus Boulder. These are very, there's a sharp contrast between these chips. There's a really sharp contrast. Again, Cape Cod, a much smaller chip. Nice and crunchy. Strong vinegar. I think it really comes down to if you like sweet or, or more uh, vinegar. More vinegary, yeah, because the... Mm. <clears throat> The Cape Cod's definitely way more vinegary. Yeah. Really vinegary. Strong. Yeah. Which I like. Hmm. I don't know. I think, I think I'm going Boulder as the, the title holder here. As the winner? Oh. Yeah. I need to go back to Boulder. I mean, in terms of chip consistency, they're all right there. They're all making the grade. Yeah, I think it's just based on, do you like sweet vinegar versus? Yeah. I, I think I like the Boulder chip more when it's my first <clears throat> chip, though. So yeah. Be- before, Yeah. So I do like vinegar. Now I taste it; just tastes sweeter to me. I think Boulder's the winner. Is this going to be a consensus? No, I don't know. I mean, Boulder chip. They were winning no matter what. Yeah. They actually used to make it a different brand before that wasn't olive oil, and that was crack cocaine. <laughs> I'm just going to keep eating. All right. I mean, all the chips clearly at least one thumb, probably, probably two thumbs for most of them. Yeah, I would say the zaps is probably one thumb. One thumb zaps. The, the other ones are all two. The other ones are all two. But out of the two, yeah, the two thumbs up. Does I think Boulder, Boulder won the... Does it get a three thumb? Does it have, Does, it, does no. it propagate that high? Not for me. Not for you. What about you, Peter? I mean, the Boulder, the Boulder, that's probably my favorite chip out there right now. So that's a solid three thumb for you. Although I need to get some spicy chips in my life. Some spicy chips. Have mm-hmm. you tried the uh, Cajun Gill Tater? No, but it sounds incredible. Yeah, those are those are. You should try the ghost pepper paki. I did try that one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he was fine. He was fine. He, yeah, yeah, I mean, not not like Maguna fine. I, I, but I like think I fine. think it's because it had been open for a while, so most of the heat had escaped. Mm. Yeah, no, it was we, hot. We, I just have a very high tolerance for hot. He was, he was so do we. Was, we were crying. He was, he was totally crushing. Really? Him. Yeah. I was I was in bad shape. Which is funny because we're both. I mean, like we that. Eat, we eat sambal all the time. I'll eat it by the spoonful. But that Jeez, no, this killed me. I think it's because it had been cooped up for a while. I think that I couldn't even imagine like the one chip challenge, which is almost twice as hot with that yeah, package. Yeah, no, chip. I don't know. How do they, how do they rate that again? The uh, the Scoville the Scoville scale. Yeah, this was like a million Scovilles. Yeah, and the one chip challenge is like a one point nine million Scoville. I mean, that's just uncomfortably hot. Have you tried it? No. 
Yeah. No. No. I need to, though. We'll have to do that at a later date. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening today. We can't thank Peter enough for coming on and uh, kind of sharing his story a little bit, giving us some extra insight onto what it's like recovering from Achilles. As much as I had shout-outs, I'm going to do another one. Uh, Shout-out to TJ. TJ, thanks for hanging with us uh, last weekend in, in Holland, Michigan. And um, Christian agrees that your mitt is way too big. Yeah, you've got large hands. That would explain the whole letting your helmet dangle from one finger. Incredible maneuver. Yeah. We should get you climbing. So you're going to have to come down sometime, TJ. You can be a guest on our podcast. Well, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Thanks uh, so much, Peter, for coming out. That was that was good. That was awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, so follow. without you guys. <laughs> Truly. Well, thank you, Peter. Uh, give Peter a follow at uh, CSURAM88 on the Twitter. Always good stuff coming out of there. Fun times. Yes. Yeah. Especially Check him out on some uh, of his other uh, podcasts as well. If you like the Chipotle stories, you uh, you want to keep an eye out on, on Peter. We're going to keep an eye out on that. If you like getting tilted with airplanes and the way people act at airports, it's another one that's of my another specialties. That's another personal pet peeve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have to discuss the whole tilting thing with you after we're done here because that's over my head. I think I think that's a sports betting No, it's become, it's becoming colloquial. Is it's it? Like, it's like lit. Tilting is like being lit? Yeah. Okay. It's a gambling term. Yep. I like it. It's, but it's joining, it. it's joining the common vernacular. Never, never caught on to the whole lit thing, but definitely uh, – Tilting so, might work well for you. I'm gonna start using tilting. Yeah, you you're, seem like you're tilted. You're tilting slightly. Yeah, yeah. You could be. I'm tilted a lot. Mm-hmm. Tilted. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that does that mean that I'm opinionated? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely tilted. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, if you like the show today, tell a friend, follow, review, subscribe. If you're looking for more information on this topic, follow us on the Instagram and Twitter throughout the week. For information on rebound therapy specifically, go to our website, reboundclinic.com. Loaded with information. Thank you again, Peter. That was Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.